0: Welcome to the Best Life Best Death podcast. I'm Diane Hullett. You can find out more about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. I've got a special guest here today that I'm very excited about. Bree Smith of Return Home has joined me. Hi Bree.
1: Hello Diane. Thank you for having me today.
0: I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because Brie and I are going to talk about something that's sort of new to the field of end to life, at least in my mind it's new. Brie will tell us a little about the history. So we're talking about human composting, also known as natural organic reduction. Are there other names it goes by or are those the two main ones?
1: Yeah. So legally it's known as natural organic reduction. I would say the layman considers it human composting because that is what we're doing here. Um, we call it terramation because we feel like it fits what already exists in the industry. Um, I come from the funeral industry personally over a decade of, um, of my life has been given to serving families. So for me, uh, human composting is a little rough. I don't tell families I'm going to go incinerate their loved ones. So, you know, I, right. we all as a team kind of decided that earth that transformation, Terramation, it just kind of came uh, and felt natural. If you, will. I love that.
0: I love that. Like Terra of the earth or like they're now co- this other um, thing that we'll talk about another time is aquamation. Right. So that's right. that's like water or you're right. We don't use such a rough term. So yeah. um, I love that. So how did you get into this? How did return home, get into this? Give us a little history.
1: Yeah, so I received a phone call from the CEO, Micah, who uh, I was actually at my other job uh, on the cemetery grounds at the time. And he said, I've got this crazy thing to show you, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I want you to meet me at a warehouse in Auburn, and I want to show you what I'm doing. And fortunately, I had heard Micah's name in the space before. Um, I was actually seeking him to do a presentation for uh, the district that I am the president of for the state association. So I had heard of Mike, I came to the warehouse and um, it was four white walls and he kind of walked me around and showed me what to expect and where, but what really moved me was at the end, he showed me um, what had been tested as pig compost because we did all of our testing on pigs and I'm a gardener uh love plants kind of obsessive probably a little bit and so my first initial instinct was to put my hands in it and then like smell it and like because I'm that girl. Um, so yeah, I, I did that. I was blown away. It was odorless or just smelled really mild of like earth and maybe like a mushroom might smell. And, um, seeing that the, the body and, and the microbes in the body were really made to transform us back into earth as somebody who loves physiology and biology. Um, I immediately questioned everything I was doing in that moment and said, why wasn't i doing this before
0: wow fascinating it seems like it, it sort of got going almost maybe 10 years ago as an idea and then this it first became legal in Washington state and then Colorado and Oregon is that right so it's legal in three states and yeah. what's what's the process what what would what would one expect if you call return home and say my beloved one just died and i'd like to work with this process how does it go
1: Yeah, so it's important to distinguish the fact that we're all different right now. So, um, you know, mortuaries work very much the same as in the crematory is very similar. Uh, The way we embalm is very similar. But every natural organic rejection provider right now is completely different in our science and in how we actually transform the body into soil. So um, we take a great deal of pride in our ability to serve all 50 states plus Canada. Um, We can, uh, and what we do is we transport people um, via airlines. That's how people are transported uh, every single day. Actually, you may have even been on a plane where there've been a couple of people. So um, it's very commonplace and there's very intense in infrastructure there that allows us the ability to unembalmed ship people to Washington state and then we work out with the family how to return uh, the soil or the compost back to them. Um, Myself and Katie are funeral directors with uh, a combined about 25 years of experience, so we have a great deal of knowledge in guiding people through uh, every single step of the process, and we're very high touch. So um, you can expect a good deal of communication and uh, things moving at a. a, a good clips and at your pace and at not maybe a rushed pace compared to what you maybe have experienced with the funeral home previously. So we just try to acknowledge that um, our process takes anywhere from 60 to 90 days, the body is left to do what it was made to do. And we don't uh, agitate or, or, you know, push it forward. And we couldn't even if we wanted to, right. Um, So ultimately, we give the family their time too, because we're not in a rush.
0: Right, interesting. So the body arrives, and then do you have kind of a space where these? Um, I assume there's some kind of a vessel
1: or a yeah pod or what? What do you call it? It return we, home. We have vessels, and we have a two phase process. So our vessels um, are. Eight feet by three and a half feet by three and a half feet. And when someone arrives in our facility, once we get the proper permitting, we place them in a vessel. And the only thing that's inside the vessel are like oxygen intakes and outputs. Um, We put straw, alfalfa, and sawdust at about a three to one ratio to that person's body weight. We place half the organics down. We lay the person right on top of that bed of organics in a compostable garment. Um, We bathe every single person who comes into our care and we give them a garment um, to, you know, keep their dignity and keep them covered. Uh, And then the rest of the uh, organics go on top of the person and the vessel is closed and placed in our front of house where people, um, we are the largest scale with 74 vessels and also the only uh, facility that's open to the public. So once the person is placed on our uh, vessel racking system, their family can come and see their loved one whenever they want. Wow. Fascinating. And, and about what, what's the outcome, you know, 60
0: to 90 days later. And when you say 60 to 90, does someone check, or is there some kind of technology that's like checking the heat or something I can imagine? Like when you turn a compost pile and you're waiting for it to really hit that vital organic point.
1: We're very highly monitored by the state of Washington. So that's the good news is that we are required to have, um, there's expectations put on us. And and what we have is uh, very, very, uh, dialed science that is constantly monitored. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we can monitor the oxygen, the temperature and the air flow uh, and the water and moisture level that are inside of each individual vessel. And we can see them individually. So um, that was really important to our process specifically was that um, everything is done separately. And so we can really monitor each individual and let their body go at the rate that it would go in nature, but just in an accelerated place,
0: right? Because I can imagine when you say that, sure, different sizes, different compositions, like everyone would be a little different. And All then right. at, the, at the end, what's the what's the outcome? What what does about 500? What, what, what comes out? And what do you do with it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we end up with about five hundred pounds of very um, fine, beautiful, like I said, odorless, usable compost. Um, essentially, that's what moves me the most about what we do. Is I was so used to either with a burial not returning anything to a family or with a cremation um, returning a little box of essentially a uh, ground bone, which is exactly what it is actually, but it's, it's charred carbon. And I'm just mm-hmm. returning this and I'm not asking why. Um, what's amazing is, is we end up with about 500 pounds. The family can take as much as they want. And then if they don't, um, and have space in their more urban environment, maybe we have a greenbelt location. That's just a 10 minute drive North of our facility to keep our footprint real low. And we can scatter their loved ones on that, uh, greenbelt that can never be developed upon in perpetuity. So um, it is a place that we cleared of a lot of junk and, and garbage and a couple of abandoned vehicles. And now uh, we cleaned and are scattering p- people there to revitalize the local flora in that area. Um, and what we find with families is when we do return the compost to the family, one of their first reactions is to um, like hug because we give them in little burlap bags. Um, So they'll like hug the burlap and like love on it. Or I've had people just take the, you know, little twine that we have around it, just rip it off. And they actually like put their hands inside of the soil and like smell it and do what I did. And so that tells me that there's something really innate and, and really um, it's something that hasn't really ever been offered in a way that it's tangible because we love green burial too here. It's a wonderful disposition method. And actually my preferred before I started here, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a green burial girl. And I would just say that seeing people be able to like run their hands through their loved ones, uh, terra-mated remains is just so moving. And the tangibility is meaningful.
0: So tactile. Like I can see, like you said, the smell and the feel and the real sense. And so even bones, like even a big bone, like the, femur or something will, um, turn to the soil in that amount of time.
1: So what we do is in our facility, we have, like I said, separate stations. So we don't, uh, you know, mess with the body at all in the initial stage, but what happens is, is there's a screening stage that happens between phase one and phase two, where that person has completely transformed into soil, but their bone remains the same way it does after a cremation or Um, or after, or after a green burial. Yeah. Exactly. So what we do is we have an area in our facility where uh, experienced crematory operators like myself and Katie and Chris, um, we upend the vessel we take any inorganics out. So that would be, you know, stints and, and replacements and screws and things like that, silicone that exists in the body. Um, so we remove all of those things and those, those get recycled as much as can be. And then we, uh, at that time, break the bone down very similarly to how they do in cremation. And what happens is, is because that bone, it, it almost comes out fluffy. And what that does is it's porous and it exposes the microbes to the inside of the bone which is porous and consumable and so over the second phase which is about a 30 day resting or curing for that compost the microbes are able to consume the bone and we end up with something that's completely um yeah just integrated and and seamless
0: wow fascinating this is so fascinating to me. And I wonder what, like, what do people love about it? I mean, you talked about the tactile quality and the, the, the sense of smell and the sense of returning to the earth. What do, why do people choose this? I
1: think at the beginning, when we talk to people, um, a lot of them have, uh, lot of hesitation toward embalming. That's something we find very frequently. Um, I'm a licensed embalmer and I've been embalming people for a very long time. And I actually understand why people feel that way. And there's a reason I didn't want to be embalmed. Um, So, you know, I I think there's that, I think there's the idea that some people really don't like fire, quite frankly, they don't like the idea of their body um, being present in one moment. And then over the course of two hours being completely ash um, it's really kind kind of a volatile environment, quite frankly, as somebody uh, in the Northwest, we have about a 90% cremation rate. And I was a crematory operator very regularly. And so I have a ton of experience and can attest to um, its abrasiveness. And I think people are very drawn to how gentle our process is because we... Again, we just lay the person in the vessel and then we do have an external rotator. So, uh, a couple of weeks into the process, we begin weekly rotations of the vessel, but we just let the body do its thing. And, and it's not constantly agitated and it's just resting
0: right. and that's
1: appealing to some people.
0: So, so incredible. What, what is the cost? Like how does the cost compare? Is it less or more?
1: Yeah, we cost $5,000, $4,950 to be exact, and um, what we do is depending on where the person passes away, we work with local funeral homes or funeral service providers, and we always try to adjust our pricing to help the family accommodate additional charges, so what we do is if they pass away in Washington state, it's that amount within 75 miles of our facility. And then we charge per loaded mile if, uh, if they're outside of that 75 miles. And then if they have to be shipped, we work with the local funeral home and with the family and um, and our fees for receiving, you know, a lot of funeral homes have forwarding and receiving fees um, are included in our termination. So we try to make it Uh, as easy on the family as possible. And then uh, the shipping fees for like the terramated remains afterwards are just their own kind of animal, but you can find it all on our website at www.returnhome.com.
0: Fabulous. For more info. Um, How do you, how does this, you know, coordinate with a service? If a family wants this process, the, the, the person who's dying says, this is what I choose. And the family's on board. Everybody says, yes. How does this coordinate with a service? I mean, I can see if you live in your area, it might be easy, but are there creative ways people have memorialized a service, done a memorial service
1: might be the better term. Well, because we're the only facility open to the public, we take a great deal of pride in being able to have people come visit and see their loved one in the vessel. Um, I'm doing a laying in ceremony this afternoon with a family. And we have a lot of families take us up on it because they get the opportunity to come in and inside the vessel, we can put anything organic, anything uh, like plants or flowers or, you know, um, we had a family bring in a bottle of Bailey's the other day and they like, towards Bailey's in there um, because their mom loved Bailey's or, you know, uh, I've had people bring in a cake that was frozen for like 40 years from their wedding and they leave that in there. So if it's ingestible, or uh, compostable essentially it can go in the vessel with their loved one. And then we also because you can see our vessels give people the opportunity to decorate the outside of the vessel so that when they visit again, they can identify which vessel is their loved ones. Um, And right now we have two veterans who have flags draped over their vessels so. we see memorialization in different ways. We're also high touch in the way that we encourage people at the beginning to be involved throughout the process. So we give everybody a bath. And that means if you want to be present while we give your mother a bath, or you want to give your mother a bath and just have us be kind of helping you and present, um, we want you to have that ability. If you want to bring your loved one, uh, a family we worked with drove their son from California because he had never been on a plane before. And she couldn't bear to put him on a plane for the first time. He was afraid of it. She didn't want to do that. So his mother drove him from California. So it gives me goosebumps. Um, We see these beautiful memorialization, but it's more than that. It's more than just a service. It's really taking people by the hand and guiding them through their grief and them at the end of our process, being able to see new life be given by their loved one and continuing that, that the circle of life and the way that they see new growth.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Just that it is a full circle process that you're, you're offering on every level. It's, it's kind of a traditional funeral home with a, with a different outcome for the body, just a very different approach. I wonder if there, if anyone will um, say, well, I, we want to do this for my loved one. And then we want to take that dirt and put it at a cemetery with a headstone. You know, I wonder if anybody will ultimately do that. You have absolutely. We
1: actually are coordinating it right now, and so you know, there's still a way for people to have that space if they want it. And just between you and I, as somebody who's done an extensive research on the subject, we're not really running out of space to put people. That's kind of, I mean, we've got a lot of Earth still left. But what's the problem is, is there's no organic matter being returned to the earth unless you're choosing that green burial so so there is earth it's just organic matter needs to be placed back into the earth and so we actually we uh, have an idea at some point to um, have a scattering garden right now our memorial park is not manned there's not people there regularly so we can't invite families there and it also can never be developed upon so there's no restrooms or you know walkways Um, but we have the idea of like a scattering garden at some point with rocks or something that can still hold a place for people because a lot of people want a place to go. So absolutely.
0: I could totally see this evolving into kind of a space and a place and a, a park that's a managed park, but with very different fees and very different um, management than a traditional cemetery.
1: I think so yeah and I I see a, a whole bunch of wonderful sustainable things in our future so return homes excited to be a, a green funeral home and expand what that means as far as you know we offer terramation, and that's what we specialize in um, but I'd love to also have the ability just to place someone in a shroud in the ground so we have a lot coming.
0: Incredible. Thank you so much, Brie. I think this has been so informative for listeners. It's just, it's something we read about and it's a little bit of a sensational headline, I think when people put it out, but, and, and the lay term body composting, how, you know, how do you kind of make that shift to seeing this as really terramation or natural organic reduction? These, these terms that, as you said, aren't quite so, I don't know, um, raw in some ways. So I really appreciate this discussion. Um, you can find out more about Bree at return or Brie's work, um, the work of return home at returnhome.com. They are based up near Seattle in Washington state. And um, as she said, they're available for people who live anywhere. So pretty incredible. Um, thanks Brie for joining me. Thank you, Diane. It was such an honor to be here. And I'll come back anytime. So wonderful. We've got I think we've got lots to talk about. And I'd love to kind of see where this is in another year or two. Us too. We're excited. Thanks again. I'm Diane Hullett. And you've been listening to the best life best death podcast. Thanks for joining me.